We are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is the Working Artist Project. This week's episode was an especially fun one for me. I got a chance to talk to a very good friend of mine, Mr. Jamison Ross, via telephone, which is new for me. I've never done that before. So, guys, bear with me with the sound quality. But anyway, we talked about his Grammy nomination. We talked about his family dynamic. We also talked about various ways he deals with band members and, and pay. And we also talked about how he obtained success and his focus and his plan and his drive and what he has going on now his in his future. I don't know if you guys noticed, but these last few episodes, I'm also including more music. So we listened to three cuts from his most recent record that I highly recommend that all you guys pick up. And I'm sure after you hear it, you'll see what I'm talking about. So, guys, help me welcome Jamison Ross to the Working Artist Project. Glad to be here, man. Sorry it took so long. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's cool. These things take time. Get right into uh, to your, your Grammy nomination, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So you got nominated for this Grammy for your uh, most recent record is self-titled Jameson. So how did that how did that whole process come about and and was that in was that like a plan? Well, it definitely wasn't a plan to get a Grammy. Um, uh, there's a competition that's pretty popular in the jazz community uh, called the Thelonious Monk International Jazz Competition, and basically it's an award that's given to um, one who wins out of thousands uh basically you get a recording contract uh and then you get a record deal with uh concord records it used to be blue note i think it used to be someone else at some point but basically you get an opportunity and a, a nice boost to your career and so basically as a drummer i auditioned for that competition and when i auditioned for it you know i, I ended up winning and so when i won i had a chance to do a record i was unsure about what i was going to do uh, for the record, just so you people just know that it's, it was not planned. <laughs> uh, once I figured out what I wanted to do, I decided to encompass kind of all of who I was musically, kind of where I came from musically, you know, what I've been through, what I learned, my experiences, and just kind of bring it all into one voice. And so that's why there's a subtitled album, Jameson, which kind of expresses to you the beginning of my book, my story, my artistry myself as a leader versus me just as a side man playing drums for, you know, the, the amount of people that I've been able to work with. And so the Grammy nomination comes along because uh, the record was heard by the right people and it was loved and beloved by some, some of the music industry's elites. And uh, I'm very thankful for it, man. It was very natural. Uh, and, and for me, it's, 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 it's kind of this affirmation for uh, me just being myself in the music, you know? You're not the first drummer to make a record after this competition. So what do you think set you apart from the rest? You know what I mean? Because a lot of times people make make a record and it doesn't get much acclaim or it's not as popular as your record has been. And definitely most don't get a Grammy nomination. So what do you think that you did that set yourself apart from the pack? Well, I probably I sung. <laughs> I decided to sing. That's probably the first step. But I think more to peel back the layer a little bit, what I really did was I didn't shy away from my innate musical um, origin. And shall I say, 
where I came from in the music. Uh, for a lot of people, when we start playing jazz, man, we just jump in and we're trying to pretty much honor our fathers in the music and the people that we love, the greats, shall we say, in the lineage. But sometimes we forget about where we come from. We forget about how we actually came into music as a whole. We are American, and jazz being an American-based art form, I necessarily did not come into jazz playing jazz. <laughs> I came into jazz from from being a little kid in church playing gospel music, just kind of like actually loving music. And so for me, uh, I think to peel back the layer on what sets this record apart is that I actually honored that homage. You know, I actually just straight up was honest and vulnerable about who I was, what I came from, and what I've learned. You know, and try to try it in my best. Tried to put my best foot forward to 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 explain that story through notes and tones. I think this is a good place for us to like give give my audience a little taste of what you mean by that. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's a lot on the album. So what do you think we should play? I, I think I, I like the one uh, deep down in Florida. Oh man, yeah, that, that's a nice opener. Yeah, yeah it gives you a nice vibe. For me, I like how you combine, you know, the New Orleans thing. Well, generally, it's the whole Southern experience because both of us being sons of the South. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. That's, you know what? Everybody says it's New Orleans, too, but I always say that. It's like, man, it's really some Southern stuff because if you listen to it, I actually wasn't thinking about New Orleans when I created the groove. It was just like some Southern vibe. You mm -hmm. know, it's just like the South, man. It's like the, the groove and the swing that's kind of in everything you do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah, for sure. Let's check it out now. too much they need to buy the record <laughs> i like that i like that you gave me just a little bit too you got just, just enough to get just just enough to get a, a sense of what we're talking about when when uh yeah. you know so it's important for people to know that in today's age at least our generation of musician we're, we're pulling from all of our experiences and that's just what you were saying and you can hear that in your music right yeah, man. It's it, to me, it's actually the most important element. It's the it's the only way that we will play this art form, jazz, from a genuine place is that we pull from our experiences. You know what I mean? That's the only way, man. You can't just. I mean, some people, some of us did come into it just listening to jazz. Maybe you grew up with Ella Fitzgerald on your radio, radio, or you know, Fats Waller. Maybe you maybe you grew up and your mom was playing freaking Jelly Roll Morton. Yeah, but I didn't grow up like that. You know what I mean? So right. therefore, the the music that actually got me into music is not jazz. Therefore, jazz has been a love that has been garnished and learned and, and, and I've learned to love the music and learned to care for the music and learn to play the music and learn to 
understand the psyche of the music, but I can't say that that's the first reason why I got into music. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So each individual has their own experience. And I think for our generation, the thing that makes jazz special is jazz is a vehicle for you to find yourself. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, and that's what I did, man, on this first record, man. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to put it all on the line. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So, man, do you brand your music as something outside of jazz? Do you have another name for it? I like to call it joy music, but oh. really, I don't even like to call it anything. I, I say joy music. If you look on like my profiles, or I have this whole concept of joy, and basically, it's about creating music that has the essential feeling of joy in it. You know, when you hear it, it just makes you smile. You know, right. no, no vibes. It's just like a kind of vibe where you feel like your day is gonna be all right when you hear it. And so I always call it joy music is like my own little sub genre in my head. You know what I mean? And so, and uh, it's it's and and, that's, and and I mean some people say it's soul. Some people say it's a mixture, like a fusion. I've heard so many different definitions of it because if you ever hear me live as well as hear the record you will hear a full range of the American musical experience. You know, not a, of course the black American musical experience, that's a whole other story, but specifically as well, the American music experience, because this is America's gift to the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. Man, can we listen to a little bit more of that? It was funky. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Florida, where the sun shines every day. Man, listen. <laughs> That's just so funky, man. You know? Like, when I hear that, I'm thinking about, you know, growing up in church. And, you know, hearing music on the block. Hearing music in my mom's car. At my grandma's house. <laughs> man, you know, I never heard anybody explain it like that. But you know what? I actually totally agree with you, though. That is exactly how my mom's car would sound, you know, like the radio station, the AM station. <laughs> That's right. It was always funky, no matter what, man. Yeah, it could, whatever it was. <laughs> so, you know, man, the, the mo one of the most admirable or remarkable things about you is, for me at least, is your path and your focus uh, on success. So I'm curious to know what your definition of success is. Ooh, that's a heavy question, man. For me, I'm probably a lot different than a lot of people because success for me kind of starts away from music, you know? Uh, success for me has my family involved, man. I'm a young family man, uh, and I've always had a vision to have a family. Um, that's been something that's been in me since I've been really young, um, younger. <laughs> but I've always had a vision to have a family, man. And so my vision has always been for my art and my art form, my, my, my career, to to sufficiently provide for my family and so i kind of look at it as having a duality of love and both of them kind of feed each other mm. you know yeah and so for me you know i always have approached it differently and uh I, I went against the grain in a lot of ways you know and honestly it's paid off for me you know and which is why i'm a huge component in people actually really finding themselves in the music and not just following the trends or what is said for you to do. 
out here in the jazz community. You know, not even just jazz, but music, musically as well, just music in general, the career, the artistic art form or the artistic walk <laughs> of life in general, man. you got to find your own lane. And so for me, success is completely summed up in my family. You know, if they're doing, if, if my family is safe, sound, healthy, uh, uh, sufficient, taken care of, I'm happy. For me, I'm happy. Career-wise, that comes second for me, man. That comes down the line. And so that's why a lot of people may not understand why I don't. I mean, it's not that I don't have the passion and the zeal. No, I have the passion and the zeal. It's just it's aimed towards something else first, you yeah, know? Yeah. I like that, man. I, I've, I've, you know, in my studies of uh, people, successful people, happy people, I find that a lot of times family is first, most of the times. And then also when the crowd goes right, they go left. Ooh, we listen, <laughs> bruh. If anybody who's close to me, they probably know. My mom will probably tell you. My wife will tell you. You know, people people see my wife and they're like, "Wow, I did not expect you to be married to her." And that's not what it is. What it is is, man, she's actually really who I am. You see what I'm saying? She's mm -hmm. actually a representation of really who I am. So when I get off stage, yeah, man, I'm a simple guy. I want to wash my clothes. I want to. I want to make wash the sheets on my bed. You know, I want to I want to mop my floor. I want to, you know, uh, 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 watch sports. You know, I'm a very kind of to myself kind of guy. You know, I was uh, there's a friend of mine, Barry Stevens, an amazing bass player uh, who plays in my band. He came to New Orleans last week and I was home and we were doing some teaching throughout the week. And so every night he would go out to the city. And so <laughs> he said, man, you know, but you don't go out. And I was like, no, I don't go out. I was like. Mentally, I'm already drained, man. Like, I'm thinking on the next thing. For me, the creative juices, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that going to see live music is a bad, that's not a good thing. But what I do believe it, where I'm at my career and what I'm doing, I preserve that energy because when I am on stage, I'm giving it all. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with you. And the creativity flows. And for me, creativity flows through my life experience, not just the hang the life experience you know sometimes the hang can be counterproductive if you know what i mean sometimes it can be productive oh yeah man my audience they they know barry oh man barry, okay. barry had barry has been on the show so everybody knows barry stevenson if you haven't heard that episode go back and check it out you yeah. know so great minds see every we're all in the same the same circle of greatness yeah, <laughs> that's the truth that's the truth man we kind of you know me and barry go way back i mean years we went to college together, man. I remember when he first picked up the bass. I think his story is so amazing because he. I remember when he couldn't play, and now to see him working amongst the the, the leading exponents of our instruments and of jazz, it's kind of amazing, man. Yeah. And I actually revere him. He's a very knowledgeable musician who really loves the music, you know. And so we always talk concepts, you know. At this at this at this level, man, you're not talking about people or or or, or you're talking about concepts. You're talking about the way you view the way we're viewing our career trajectory you see what i'm saying exactly the way the way the, the way of our life forming inside of this art form that's really what we should be aiming towards especially at our age man you know we about to we get in the 30s you know right it's like, all right now all right time to start playing <laughs> yeah, for sure. listen i want to switch gears and, and and talk about your singing because it's not it's not common that common for a drummer to sing and play or sing at all so like how did you get into singing how did that whole thing come about for you 
Well, man, my grandfather is a pastor. You know, well, actually, he retired a couple of years ago, but he was a pastor for 40 years, and I was heavily involved in the music ministry at my church. My uncles, my mom is a minister of music now. My grandmother was a minister of music at a different church. And so I pretty much had music all around me. For me, singing was something that was probably there before anything. The thing is, though, you know, uh, I, 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 fell, I fell in love with the drums. And so uh, at a young age, I would actually use the drums to hide away from singing, you know? I would utilize the drums, and then the drums end up being really a passion, and it ended up being something I studied and really loved. Singing was always there. People who actually know me from my hometown, Jacksonville, Florida, they know that I can sing. But it was something that I never thought that I would be able to bring into the fold upon my jazz career. You know, going to school, Florida State University for my bachelor's, going to the University of New Orleans for my master's, studying jazz, all of this going on. I'm studying jazz drums, not voice. Right. And basically... The singing comes about when you talk about my entire uh, um, um, my entire experience of music. Because at the beginning, that's where singing lies for me. It's in the gospel tradition, in the soul music tradition. And so when I combine those two with the jazz drumming and the experience of the singing and the experience of the drumming, you get this unique kind of product. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's why when you hear the record, no, I'm not singing jazz. I, and I actually, I don't think I'm singing not even one jazz standard on the record, at least singing it. And if I am singing it, I'm tweaking it to make it what I would sing it like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's, it's, it's it's a gamble, you know? People, people say all the time, you know, I, I actually think you should break rules. But long story short, the singing is something that's always been a part of me and has always been something that's been very dear to my heart but not something I was always um, comfortable to share. But it took me three years to put this record out, man. I won the competition in 2012. I didn't put the record out to 2015. And what that shows you is that it took time for me to develop some good friends of mine, John Baptiste, who I talked to and, you know, exchange ideas with. I had to become comfortable with putting out what I was hearing in my head. You know what I mean? And once I did so, People always say, you know, where'd that come from? Where well, it's always been there. It's just that you didn't know me. You know what I mean? Right. And so now there's there's documentation and there's more documentation coming soon that you will see more of what I come from and who I am musically. See, that's interesting to me because I, right away I'm thinking about courage, perseverance, strength. Like, what do those yeah. words mean to you? Ooh, brother, man, those are some deeply rooted words, man. Um, I, I, I think in order to, and I, I like that you said, what do they mean to me? Honestly, man, they, they mean everything to me because I, without those courage, perseverance, strength, these words, I would not have, I would not be where I'm at. I could tell you stories about undergrad, man. I wasn't always the most talented guy, contrary to popular belief. I wasn't. And there, there was, there, there's guys and there's musicians I know that are extremely talented above, above what I could ever imagine. But there was a certain level of work ethic that I had to learn and a certain level of kind of uh, 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 I had to be steady, you know, I had to be steady and persevere through kind of the days where I didn't know exactly what this career would shape out to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, maybe I didn't take out enough jazz. Maybe I didn't take out enough uh, uh, funk music. Maybe I didn't check out enough technique. Maybe I didn't. There's always more to check out. But what I had to take comfort in was that my path was going, was going to shape out just fine. You know what I mean? So I like the fact that you make this into a complete uh, concept of, 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 of courage and, 
and of belief and of, of strength and perseverance, because that is what it's about. At the end of the day, we have to transcend this art form into life lessons. That's the thing that I feel like we're missing in our generation. We have to be aware of the life lessons that our artistic walk gives us. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And when you take and use those words to describe what you hear me say, that that tells me that we're starting to do it the right way. You see what I'm saying? Like we're starting to actually let this artistic walk and inform our life. That's what it's supposed to do. You know? Yep. Man, listen, these folks out here, they're getting all this information for free, James. <laughs> hey man I, listen i'm still learning it you know yeah. what i'm saying so <laughs> man so you know i I know you dream big man what what is your ultimate dream Whew. honestly man uh for me my first dream would probably be my family uh i i, I would love for my family to grow old happy healthy and sufficient upon themselves Meaning my future kids, my daughter, my wife to be happy, my mom, my brother. First, those are my first big dreams. Let them grow into whatever their ethos and concept of life is. Uh, a very healthy, manageable, he- he- healthy uh, way. Then I will probably drop to the music career, which for me, uh, I think my big dreams and big goals are still being written because at this point I've achieved a lot. And so there's a lot of things that I want to get into, but I would hate to just put a cap on it. What I will say is I'm open to all of the success that's going to come my way. What I'm focused on getting is getting to the level in which I don't have to depend on a gig. Oh yeah. Yes, sir. I know that's very <laughs> practical. This is pra- yeah. practical um, conversation. Because everybody thinks that, yeah, the gig is what it's all about, being a jazz musician. But no, for me, I don't want to have to depend on a gig. And uh, and fortunately and unfortunately, if you can get what I'm saying, I do depend on a gig now. <laughs> but one day I don't want to have to do that. One day I want to say, you know what, I want to play a show here. And we're going to play it, and it's going to be one show, and I'm not playing all month long. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. I Because my thing is what you do sometimes – and that's why the jazz, the search of the jazz musician or the artist is so, it's kind of difficult because you're constantly playing, right? And you're supposed to constantly stay creative, right? Yep. <laughs> but are you really supposed to be creative every night you play? Wow. There you go. Like, that's a real question. Yeah. Are you really supposed to be creative every night? Is it even possible? Is it even possible? Now, I don't have the answer to that question, but I have a few ideas of what I think. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, that, that being said, if I don't depend on the gig, I can actually be impactful when I play. I can be... That's why I don't like to play a lot of miscellaneous shows. I'm real funny about that. People call me. I'm like, uh... I'm like, I love to play, man, but, but you know, honestly, I'm just coming home. If I'm ever coming home from a road, somebody called me by the gig yesterday. I get home on the 14th from a tour. And they want me to play a gig on that Friday on the 17th. I didn't take the gig. Why? Because I'm going to be playing for 10 days straight. And when I come home, I, I possibly might not have nothing to give you. Right. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But that's a maturity standpoint that I have to rise to and understand about myself. And and and, and don't beat myself up when I get on a gig like that and I sound like crap. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not on it that day. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, no, preserve your energy. Put your artistic energy into something else that can feed you back. A book, family, 
a movie, uh, um, a documentary, um, uh, sports. It can be anything, man. There's a way to live a balanced lifestyle inside of this artistic life form. And so for my goals in general, that those are my goals, man. For me, they're first with my family. Musical goals, to be honest with you, bro, like I say, they're still being written. I'm open to every opportunity that comes my way. But at the most, at the heart of that, I don't want to be able to depend on the gig. So whatever way that comes, whether it be through nonprofit 501c3s, whether it be through educating and 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 impacting uh, the the youth of our music, of the next generation, it can be also through artistic development of of of, of understanding the jazz, you know, pedagogy. You know what I'm saying? It can be through a multitude of ways. I have the capabilities to do all of them. That's why I don't put a cap on it. Some people are really specific with it. No, I'm not, because I know for a fact that at this age, I'm going to be 30 years old in a, in, in a little while this year, and being 30. I realize what's important and what's important is away from the music for me, you know? Yes, sir. Man, you just articulated everything I think about every day in that five minute rant. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, the rant. Nah, you know? man, that was a good one. That, that was, that was, that was amazing. And I'm glad that, um, that my audience gets, is going to get to hear that. I'm, I was curious, man, because you did, you mentioned family first when, after I asked you the question and I'm curious to know if any song on your album dedicated to your family. Aha, there's a couple, actually. Um, and uh, there's a couple. Uh, I would say These Things You Are To Me, which is uh, a nice, it's actually the most popular tune on the album. Funny part about the album, man, the jazz, I call it the traditional jazz circuits. They love it. They love, like, Deep Down in Florida. But then the, that the, These Things You Are To Me, uh, that particular track is actually the most popular track on the album, the most downloaded track. And it's because the smooth jazz crowd loves it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's the thing, too, man. I, I with, with our generation, with just jazz, uh, the people, I call it just jazz production and jazz, anyone who's involved into the, the music form of jazz, there's a lot of people out here, man, who all, they, they don't even know Deep Down in Florida for my record. They just know these things you ought to meet. And it's like different demographics of people who have different views on different songs on my album. And they only know certain songs. Right. And so that one, these things you ought to meet, Bye Bye Blues is a song about my wife. Uh, about me being away and coming home soon, you know, traveling the world. It's an old, old tune written by Dave, I think, Bennett. Uh, it's a few different writers, but it's an old trad tune that I, I learned in New Orleans that I slowed down and I pretty much uh, told the story of 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 how you can dry your tears because daddy's coming home soon. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And so, and then the, 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 the I mean, you got, I mean, it's, uh, these things, you know, to me is, is about, you know, describing the simple features of life and how important they are and mirroring them towards my wife, you know, and, and that she's all, she's these things. She's as smooth as summer rain, you know, she's, she's, she's quiet as a breeze, fresh as morning air. These things sh- you are to me, you know what I mean? So it's, it's all, man, it's, it's, it's all different kinds of shapes and stuff on there. You know, my one only love is a standard, an old American standard, which uh, is definitely to my wife, which speaks of my love for her that honestly to me drives me. My, my 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 wife, man, she can get on my nerves, but she can also get me to do any stuff that nobody can do, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, you know, yeah. So those, I got a new album coming out, which has a lot more okay. music about my family, man. That's what I write, man. When you get, when you write original music, you write who you are. That's one thing I always say. When you start to write your original music, that's when you start to find your voice. And for me, being kind of a very family-centered guy that keeps me a little bit sturdy, with this kind of free world we live in, uh, most of my music is about them. It's about my love for them. It's about 
different the different viewpoints that arise throughout uh, a lifetime of family, marriage, and love, and parenthood. You know, there's all kind of different stories and plots that I think the American public can relate to uh, through songs. You know, that's that's to me. To be honest, be honest, we have to actually get back to that. I hate to go here, but we have to get back to writing songs like that, man. Writing songs that mirror a vulnerable personal perspective, because those are the songs that will help people. That's the thing that R&B music does. That's the thing that the old American standard does. That's the thing that country music does. But in jazz, sometimes, especially our generation, we miss that. Yep. We miss the art of writing the song from a personal experience and don't even realize that it affect it affects someone in a special way. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Man, why don't we take a listen to uh these things you are to me? on it man dang you know you can't you can't deny that you you know that you feel the energy that you put into that the love and the care the gentleness bruh this is man I, I i when i hear this music bro i think back to how scared i was to put it out you know I was so scared, bro. I was. Uh, that's why I, I use myself as a testimony to every young musician trying to do something, man. Bro, just do it. Cause I was so scared, Darian, man, for real. I was just nervous. I I, I thought about all the, the, the jazz critics. I mean, I man, trust me, bro. I had all kind of moments. And so in the studio, bro, it was at a point where I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna bear it. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna go down swinging hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's the way to do it, man. Now I'm curious, man. We've been ta- up until this point. We've been talking about success, you know. And with all my guests, I like to to get into failure because failure sometimes, to me, seems more important than success because it it powers you through or to your next. Uh, success so what what is your most recent failure and what did you learn from it i love that i think my most recent failure is probably business wise um i had a tour uh, a long tour um that i did with my band and i didn't necessarily make all the right business decisions with the tour um, I could have did some things differently. I didn't do everything wrong, but I definitely didn't do everything right. And it was a big tour, and it was one of the most 
brutal but also growing up moments of my life to where I, I realized that everything I did was not about me. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and so basically it was a big budget tour and in a nutshell, I had to pretty much, I didn't have everything in line to get everything I needed for the tour. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. To get the flights booked and, and we got everything done. We did the tour, tour everything went, went down smoothly, but it was the rocky road. And I'm not going to get into the details of what happened. What I will say is I learned a huge lesson about relationships and why you need people. Okay. You need people. You need relationships. You need people. It's important to cherish your relationships and cherish people. Hmm. You never know who you're going to need. Never know. Wow. That's heavy. <laughs> That's real, right? Hey, listen, I'm a witness. I'm telling you, if I, I, maybe off the clock, we can talk about it. And when I tell you this story, you will probably, man, I'm telling you. Like it, 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 I learned my lesson and from now on and that's, and I'm starting this thing this year too, where I'm trying to get better at correspondence. Correspondence is something that's very, very difficult to do, especially in my lifestyle where I have, it's not just the music career, but I have a family too. So sometimes my schedules are a little bit unpredictable when I'm home. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's just a little, and I'm also kind of a guy that's trying to stay away from the social aspect of things to keep my creativity pure as possible. And so I, I got rid of my regular Facebook page. Like I try to, I literally, most of the stuff that's posted, somebody else is posting it. Yeah. I try to stay away from it. And the reason why is because it does kill your creativity. It mm. kills the spark. You know, um, it, 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 you miss it. If you end up scrolling for a couple of hours, I promise you those hours will come back to haunt you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially oh, yeah. if you're like in an artistic field like we are. You know what I mean? For sure. Like you got other ways to feel that. I'm not saying that it's, it's bad. All I'm saying is, is that there's more you can do in those moments. You see what I'm saying? Even if it's just sitting down and paying attention to something other than what other people are saying. You see what I'm saying? A lot of times people uh, don't realize how important stillness is and how unimportant checking someone's Facebook uh, post who you don't know is. <laughs> Bruh. You know, it's, kind Bruh. Of, it's a waste of time. It is, bro. I realize it, man. My, I watch my wife sometimes. She's sitting next to me. She'd be scrolling, scrolling, looking up and down the timeline. She's like, ooh, look at this. And I'm like, okay. And so she always laughs at me. We get a big joke about it because she's like, you know, you don't, you sit down. Sometimes you just sit down. You know, you don't, you don't, you just like watching TV. You're not, and I'm like, well, it's because I'm okay doing that. I'm okay doing absolutely nothing. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there's, and the thing is, in those moments, man, you get some, some of the most, amazing inspirations i'm telling you stuff comes to you as clear as day you know oh yeah <laughs> so in a nutshell you know uh I I, I I i try to keep my lines as as clear as possible <laughs> it's now, hard but i try yeah 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 now do you, now i want to switch gears well not really switch but talk about another important aspect of um of accomplishing goals and and that to me is growth, because to me growth embodies the the mo one of the most important things you need in life, which is truth. Because in order to assess your growth or the lack thereof, you have to be honest with yourself. <laughs> so so how do you consistently grow as a person and a musician? Oh, man, well, I, I told a little young drummer uh, drummer friend of mine who I've been kind of talking to, mentoring a little bit. And let me tell you what I thought. Younger, I'm still young. 
I told him, don't bullshit yourself. And the reason why I said that is because if you bullshit yourself, which if you're not, which meaning if you're not honest with yourself about who you are, what you're doing, whether it be musically, financially, whether it be career-wise, what you're going to do is shortchange yourself into believing what you're doing is okay. So growth is about you being completely honest with yourself. He's a young drummer who can really play great, great job, but he hasn't spent enough time necessarily checking out the lineage. And so he has all of the capabilities of playing the instrument. He has the technique. He has, I mean, he has it all. The gift of hearing. He has the good stuff. But what he doesn't have is the information. And so what he spent so much time doing is listening to what everybody says good about him versus what everyone says that is bad. Mm. That's called bullshitting yourself. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> You're bullshitting yourself by not paying attention to that, telling yourself only what people are affirming, not what people are criticizing about you. Right. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. You have to assess the bad too. And that is something to me that was crucial in my growth. I studied with the great Marcus Roberts, and he told me, man, he would say to me right now the things I'm doing now. He said, you, you're you going to be a great producer. I think you're going to be a great producer. You're going to understand how to put music together, how to hear it, how to, you, you, you're going to be, he, he would always say that to me. He said, but I don't know if you really want to be a jazz drummer. That's the kind of stuff he would say. Mm. He would not cut corners with me. That, that being said, that being said, that taught me not to do that to myself. And so I'm big on that, man. I'm big on that. Like, no, don't cut corners. You know, I, I've been starting this workout journey lately for the past, really, almost a year. It's been a long journey. And, bro, I literally talk to myself like that. Do not BS yourself. Like, seriously, be honest with yourself, you right, know? Right. It's a very vulnerable place to be in, but that's where growth takes place. It's tedious. Growth is tedious. Growth is uncomfortable. Growth growth is, is embarrassing. Growth is, yeah, that's growth. It's, it strips you of your pride. Yep. That's growth. And that's the kind of thing that we have to kind of get in touch with in regards to our specific growth individually, all of us. you got to assess yourself and don't just hear what people are confirming. I tell a friend of mine, bass player, I'm not going to put his name out there, but I tell him that all the time. Stop letting people make you feel good. Don't let people, don't do that. Because when you do that, you, 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 you literally back yourself up into a shell to where you feel like, Oh, well, I'm not that far off. No, no. Go with the first thought. Your first instinct says that you are far off. So start there. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I'm not saying don't encourage yourself. I'm not saying be down on yourself. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is follow the thing that's in you that's telling you what you need to do. Because you know it already. You're just trying to find a way to skirt it. That's what we all do. Natural human nature is to find the shortcut. And that is exactly how you bullshit yourself. All the answers are within, my friend. <laughs> I like that. All the answers are within. I'm gonna take that one. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let me write. Let me write that down. Like that. All Man. the answers are within. Now listen. I want to fast forward ten years from this day today. Ten years to the moment. What will you be doing? Ooh, ten years to this moment right here. Let's yes, I'll be 40 years old. Um, I will probably be maybe even running a record label or sitting maybe kid number three, uh, 
maybe putting out, I'll probably be putting out more music, but putting more music out under my own name, under my own label situation. Uh, I would definitely still be performing. Uh, I will be probably curating more so, more specific venues that I will play in. Uh, I'm really big on that. Performing live has really taught me a lot about what I'm supposed to do and my purpose in music. And so I think performing live will something that will be something that will always be with me. But the way I will utilize my performances and the way I will curate my performance spaces uh, is something I look forward to see within the 10 years. You know, uh, I just look forward to also being a successful businessman, you know, a successful businessman that's running a music business, you know, not not a musician running a business but a successful businessman running a mu- music business. All right. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And so I, at 40, I, I, I look forward to seeing that. I, I, at 40, man, I look forward to spending a lot of time with my family too, man. I would love to do like an in-season, out-of-season thing. You know, maybe I'm on the road six months out of the year, six months, and the other six months, I'm in hiding. I'm I'm, I'm family, man. I'm, I'm away. And then I come out and I got a lot more to say. You see what I'm saying? Yep. You know? in, the, in that so, answer, you alluded to... Uh business and you know i'm very interested in, in in your thoughts on business and so far in your journey what are the top three things you've learned about the business of making music uh, top three things i've learned about the business of making music i'll say number one uh your your band members are always gonna want more money <laughs> <laughs> So they're gonna always want more money. Keep that. They're, they're never gonna be satisfied. There's nothing negative there. That's just something to keep in mind as you, you know. <laughs> um, the second thing is it costs money to make money. It it, it takes money to make money. Sorry, mm-hmm. it takes money to make money. It does. It sincerely takes money to make money. That's something I've learned. It's something I do believe. And the third thing is be smart. You know, uh, put in the time now that it's gonna take for you to be successful later. No, you, you you may not, especially being a business owner, bro. One thing I've learned, you just can't do everything, you know? Right. I just can't take management on the road every time. Sometimes I need to manage. Sometimes I'm selling my own CDs. Sometimes I'm getting my own check from the venues, from the festivals. I'm doing it myself. I'm driving the band. Be smart. Don't don't get diva. Don't get too high and mighty before you have to, before it's time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Do it yourself, you know? Oh yeah, bro. I don't know if that helps. That's a whole list of stuff, man. No. But those three, they come to mind in where I am right now in my life and yeah, my sure. dealings. You know, I'll tell you this: like all of the the great band leaders that I've had the opportunity to work with, the good ones, not not the bad ones, because you know how it is as a side band, you get the whole gambit. The best band <laughs> leaders do what you just said. They're humble. If the band needs driving, they drive the band. If they got to get the check, they get the check. You know what I mean? They make sure that the band's comfortable and they figure out a way to pay you in in a way that makes you, that feels fair. Yep. You know what I mean? And as long, I feel like as long as cats feel like they're, they're paid fairly, even if you feel after a couple of years, a year or two, you need a raise, they find out a way to do it so everybody's chill. Yeah. You know what? I set it up from the jump that way. And the re- I'm t- I, pay, I pay the same amount for every gig. And I know that sounds crazy. But I pay per show. And the reason why I do that is because with a business, I'm set up to where when it's time to give a raise, I can give a raise to everybody. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. And so we set up like that. That way, 
also, even if you play one gig or you play four or five gigs, you, you have a consistent pay scale. That's one thing. That's one thing that's kind of tricky when you go on a tour and you don't have a pay scale and you kind of don't, you kind of can expect to make something and then you get a check and it's not what you expected. That's the worst. You see what I'm saying? And so what I do is I put it out there on the table. This is how much we're going to make per show. You're never going to get anything less than this. If you are, I'm going to call you and I'm going to tell you why. That's just how I'm very honest. Right. This is why. You know, I had a situation with a, a tour coming up. One of one of my band members basically was like, they need this much money for the tour. They said that, you know, uh, they needed more money for the tour. <laughs> and they basically said that they got this much with they, when they went on the same tour with another artist. And I said to them, well, management did. I told management to call me, tell them, call me. We could talk. Why? Because I don't want to do that whole, like, no, right. I know you. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let me tell you what's going on. And what I politely told them was, there's 27.5% coming out of all of this money. Now, the last artist you did it with, they probably didn't have this situation because they don't even tour on a regular basis, but I do. So you're getting paid this much, and let me show you how much I'm getting paid. Like That's how vulnerable I like to be. I'm like, look, let me show you. And it's nothing negative. It's just like, come on, trust me. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to show you. Here. Here's what's going on. And I'm very honest. Like I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I don't make more than you per se. I also, I'm also not going to sit here and tell you that some days I don't make three. I'm not going to cry. I hate when you cry, but like, oh, I made, I didn't make nothing on this gig. There's been many gigs I've been like that. Many gigs where my money was CD money, which right. was barely anything. Right. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So you, there's, when I tell you we're getting paid something, there's, and I, and I always respected my band leaders the same way. And granted, I've been blessed to work with a lot of great band leaders. You see what I'm saying? Who really knew how to treat you very, you know, nicely. You feel me? What are two obstacles uh, you've, you've faced so far or, or two of the most challenging obstacles that you've faced so far? Ooh. You know what? I would say probably touring when my daughter was born. Uh, I had to take a two-week tour right after she was born. I got home about two weeks before she was born, and I had to leave two weeks after she was born. And I was actually gone about seven months of, of my wife's entire pregnancy. That was tough. Mm. That was very tough. That was uh, because there was just some things I couldn't be there for. Right. Ultrasounds, I mean, from, from I mean, even when my wife feet swell, when she got sick, if she had to go somewhere, she had to drive on her own. She was independent in New Orleans. By herself, pregnant. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That was hard for me. That was tough to overcome. Um, the curveball, the next curveball is also balancing fatherhood with uh, music career. Like when, I, when my daughter was first born and when she first started going to school, I didn't get up and get her dressed in the morning time because I would be sometimes out late at night and coming home in the morning time, of course, 5.30 in the morning, getting my daughter ready for school, that's that's very difficult to do. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. And it seems like far-fetched, but I had to raise my bar because I wanted to be, you know, a, a, a kind of, I wanted to be a better father and a husband in my household, a better presence um, due to the fact that I'm not there. And so what I had to do, I'm not there a lot, but what I had to do was I had to change my game up, man. So even if I was out, I have a rule in my house. If I'm home, I'm getting my daughter ready. If I'm in the, if I'm in the city, I'm up at five thirty in the morning, getting her ready every morning. You know what I'm saying? That and I get her ready most mornings. I take her to school. If I don't, I either pick her up, I give her a bath at night. You know what I'm saying? I feed her, make sure she has dinner. 
I'm there. I read books, stories, songs. I do that, and I'll go out and maybe catch some music if I need to. You know, you got to do it all. You know, and, and there's, there's, you have the power to do both. Once I got the revelation that I can do that, that to me was the obstacle I had to overcome was mentally understanding that I had enough strength to do it all. You know? Wow. And Bro. so that's, I, 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 you know, I tell people, you know, friends that all the time, I'm like, no, there's strength to do it. You don't see it until you get it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, strength. every father that comes on this show has, they have a whole nother gear. You know what I mean? It's like you got a whole nother gear of life. <laughs> That's like you can get stuff done. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's impressive. It's true though, bro. It's true. It's like, bro, once you shift though to that gear, like, bro, I did a show in Baton Rouge the night. I, I got that morning, Baton Rouge. I got back from Baton Rouge at like maybe two thirty a.m. Right? I got up five thirty, got jazz ready. I mopped the floor when she left the school. She left for school, got her mom, they got out of the house, I mopped the floor, went to the gym, I packed, I cleaned all the bathrooms in the house. Then I went and got both car washes. After I got both car washes, got something to eat because my wife didn't feel like cooking because it was my last night there. By the time they got home, I was completely done doing everything. House ready, candles, scents, ready to go on tour, daughter happy, she wanted to take a picture with me this morning. That was my last 24 hours, bro. Wow. Like, that... It's intense, but guess what? When you see the look on their face, and then you get a chance to go play and do what you love, you can't beat it. You can't beat it, bro. You can't beat it. You know? Man, that story is amazing, man. I want to get back to your record. I want to play one more song off your record before we end this thing. What do you you think? I'm down, bro. Which song you want to play? You want to play Bye Bye Blues? Is that a good closing? Yeah. Man, it's it's so you know every song on there really you know Bye Bye Blues is definitely a closer, okay. uh, just because it kind of it kind of uh, brings you to a kind of a level of atonement in regards to <laughs> what we're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> you let's, know? So let's give it to him. Here's Bye Bye Blues. church up in here (laughs) and you gotta play some of part two though too because that'll tell you everything oh yeah part two like midway through will give you a vibe with a whole song 
Okay, why don't we why don't we give him a little taste of part two right now? Y'all gonna have to buy this record though. They definitely have to buy that record though. <laughs> Put on that pretty red, red dress. Don't you cry. Dry your tears. Don't you cry. It's gonna be, it's gonna be alright. It's gonna be you and me. Can't you see? Oh, now don't you cry. Oh, 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 ba, 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 blues. It ain't number church, boy. Yep. <laughs> you know about that? Close them on out. You right about that. I'm listen. I remember we, the organ. I remember we were getting ready to record the record, and it was so funny because we were recording it. And we didn't have any organ on it, and, and uh, uh, the producer was like, "Man, he was like, man, you know, you really want organ?" I said, "Bro, I want organ." He was like, "How soon can you get organ?" I said, "Bro, I know about 15 musicians who can cut organ and send it back to me in less than an hour." And let me tell you, I literally called. My friend Corey, who I used to work with all the time in Florida, he cut organ and I had it back. It was about an hour and a half, I had organ back. Wow. Fresh. B3 Hammond organ on that track was cut in my hometown quickly. That just shows you, like, that's the kind of culmination I'm talking about, though, man. The kind of experience putting that together with the jazz community, just the whole entire perspective, man. It's just like, you know. Yeah, man. It's beautiful, too. Listen, so everybody needs to go out here download i'm sure you can get it on amazon or cd baby if you want a physical copy the the album is self-titled it's called jameson and uh you know this is mr jameson ross grammy nominated just all around beautiful human being um so yeah y'all need to y'all need to get this record man it's 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 really good it's just nothing else to say up it's just pure excellence I appreciate it, bro. Real talk, man. Thank you for having me, man. See, I've been hearing about this from, from, from everybody, and I'm glad I'm glad to be a part of it, man. Seriously, bro. Man, I'm glad you came. Before you go, I, I want to ask you if there's any, uh, if you have any projects on the horizon that you want people to know about. Yeah, I got a new record coming out, man. New record coming out in, um, in uh, September 2017. I'm really excited about it, man. It's going to be, uh, yeah, bro, it's, it's going to be a special project. Just because there's there's a there's there's a lot more of this, you know. I'm going to keep telling the story uh, about you know who I am, where I come from, and, and and what I've learned over the years, and I'll keep expressing myself, man. So this next record, when you guys hear, it'll be out in September, and uh, I'll be to a city near you, man. I'm I got a few things coming up this year, and I'm excited. I think this is going to be a year to remember. That's beautiful. So before you go, I ask every guest this one question. It's important. What are you most thankful for? Ooh. Honestly, I'm most thankful for life, health, and strength. There it is. Mr. Jameson Ross, y'all, thank you for coming on, bro. You got it, bro. Anytime. I will catch y'all later. You. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Working Artist Project. Before you go, I need you to do a few more things. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on iTunes and Facebook. 
I would love to connect with each and every one of you. It would also be awesome if you guys could check out my Patreon page. The link will be in the description. Click the link below. Become a patron. I'll catch you guys later. Peace.